CM train station opened in the 1850s, initially as a way of transporting coal, and was originally called CM Colliery Station. It linked the earlier Londonderry rail line of South Hetton to the South Dock at Seam, which had opened in 1828. In 1855, the new railway line opened to passengers, enabling train travel between Sunderland and Seam. Bill Griffiths, in his book Seam Town and Harbour, describes how it carried residents to shopping and entertainment opportunities. The North Eastern Railway Company purchased the line in 1900. The line was extended south along the coast, eventually reaching Middlesbrough, with sweeping viaducts built across the stunning deans that open onto the Durham coast. Another transport route that journeys through the east side of County Durham, linking Doncaster in South Yorkshire to the southern end of Northumberland, is the A19 Road. Poet William Martin was born in New Silksworth near Sunderland, north of Seam, close to the route of the A19. He served as a radio technician in India for the Royal Air Force during the Second World War, where he encountered a variety of Eastern religious and philosophical traditions. William Martin returned to the North East after the war, becoming a gas fitter, and then, working in the audiology department of Sunderland's Royal Infirmary Hospital, retiring as its head of department. His poetry often mixes Eastern philosophies with the iconographies of the saints of the North East, in particular St Cuthbert, in whose honour Durham Cathedral is built. Other recurring themes are mining and the celebration of maras, the colloquialism used by miners to describe their friends who invariably were their mining colleagues. Much of William Martin's work represents journeys, often spiritual rather than physical, though they draw on the landscape, geography and the stories of the communities they pass through. One such poem is A19 Hymn, written in 1983, a year or so ahead of the miners' strike of the mid-1980s and the final closure of the pits within the Durham coalfield a decade later. As the road travels through County Durham, it runs parallel to the coast, which is yet to transform as we see it today. A19 hymn starts. Gannet splash, a drowning, ship marks, squabbling gulls, pharaoh-eyed ploughmen, tumbleweed words, leaping ditches, who goes there after them, past sentinel winding heads, along morning beaches, over black shingle. The A19 in County Durham connects to Sunderland. As northeast shipbuilding and coal mining came to an end, Sunderland has become a base for car production, home to a UK manufacturing plant of the Japanese car manufacturer Nissan. Nissan is at the forefront of electric car development and production, producing the Nissan Leaf at Sunderland. In July 2021, Nissan announced a new gigafactory in Sunderland, that is, a factory producing batteries for electric cars. Nissan features in the 2011 film by Chris Payne called The Revenge of the Electric Car, which was a sequel to an earlier film released in 2006, also by Chris Payne, called Who Killed the Electric Car? The first film examines the story of USA giant General Motors producing a small fleet of electric cars available for lease that were then withdrawn. The second film looks at how the mainstream car industry is now embracing electric car production, with scenes in the boardrooms of Nissan and General Motors 
and also behind the scenes with Tesla Motors as they develop an electric vehicle. A Guardian newspaper review of Revenge of the Electric Car says of Chris Payne, director of both films, now he's back with a sequel of sorts, bearing the goodish news that the electric car is back in production due to grassroots demand and also to free-thinking, high-tech entrepreneurs from Silicon Valley who want to challenge the auto monoliths. The film predicts that by 2015, consumers will be able to buy electric vehicles they plug in at home to charge. Electric cars are still on the way to becoming mainstream, but decarbonising transport, both public and private, is key as countries strive to reach net-zero emissions. The walk moves back to the shore, stopping at the London Literary Institute building on the way.